I'm Jesse Parker. And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 18 of The, the Faith, Faith Chair. Where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I tackle the question, can you love the church and not Jesus? Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. Part three. Yeah, part three. Part three of uh, can you love the first two parts were can you love Jesus and not the church and now we're talking about can you love the church and not love Jesus and just so everyone is aware if you hear a third voice it is in fact the Holy Spirit no I'm kidding <laughs> it is Genesis Jesse's wife she is here um, joining us because she um imparts such great wisdom she's, she's, on, a, she's, she's on a different matter but who knows she may end up wanting to chime in so. she, she might she might chime in so let's get into it what uh can you love the church and not love jesus i i don't uh i don't think it's possible really to love just the church and completely separate it from the love of Jesus. Because as we've talked about before, you can't say you love him and not his people. So if you love his people and not him, how can you? John said the love of God isn't in you. Mm. Uh, so, um, but I do, and I have seen people who love the church more than they do love Jesus. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They, they, um, the church is way more important than following Christ. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess I was coming at that question from the standpoint of like, you know, the scripture where Jesus says, you know, if you love me, obey my commandments. Yeah. You know, and so I think that, that we definitely have a a culture, you know, in a lot of the, the church, especially the Western church, where I would question people's love of Jesus based upon their actions. Oh. And a lot of that action, though, is done in service of the church. I see what you're saying. In the sense, okay. as we defined it, like, you know, there's two there's two different conceptions of the church. There's people who see the word church and they think of the the organizational infrastructure, governance and polity, um, you know, the traditions and rituals and practices of the church. And then there's, you know, the biblical understanding that the church is just the ecclesia, the, the gathering together of believers. Mm -hmm. um, I think where we see people fail in love for Jesus while while succeeding in love for the church, it's usually in the context of of that of that first definition. Like yeah. you're you're in love with the traditions, you're in love and passionate about the governance and the polity and you know the doc the official doctrines and yeah. theology and and all these different things, the organization, the titles, the hierarchy, the uh, rituals and practices. Uh, the building, totally, the building itself, all these yeah. different things that embody the church, but aren't actually the church. But we 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 fall in love with those things because they're they're tangible, they're rational. We can understand them, we can measure them, we can and measure other people by them. Yeah, we can ourselves. control them. I yep. think that's a big part of why we sometimes love them because they are something we have control over. Yeah, and uh, and so we definitely, you know, we definitely love. We fall in love with those things, and I think sometimes our love for Christ then is sacrificed. Yeah. Right? Um, That's huge. 
Yeah, it, it's when we choose tradition over the commandments of Christ and the teachings of Christ, uh, just because that's what we're taught. That's the tradition. Therefore, that's what always has to be. Yeah. Um, then we start to prioritize one over the other. Hmm. Like it's uh, well, that's where why a lot of churches have split historically, because the traditions uh, were more important than the man. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even church, even the idea of church splits. Yeah. It mostly comes out of uh, an issue of people falling in love with the church and not Jesus. Yeah. Right, because Jesus is all about like unity, where you know one body will be known to the world by how we love each other. We're all with one spirit, you know, all these different things where he's constantly driving us towards unity yeah. with each other. And then you have church splits, which usually has something to do with tradition, rituals, uh, you know, doctrine and theology, um, things that um, oftentimes are are constructs of of human wisdom. Of human wisdom, right. Right? And then we lose sight of God's commandments to love each other, to love God more than anything, to yeah. sacrifice for each other. We forget that love covers a multitude of sins. We forget that our love is supposed to make uh, um, make room for the right. failures of our brothers and sisters, right. even, the Bible talks about. And so, so what is, why, why do you think that, uh, hold on one second. Hey, can you take that trash out on your way, please? Thank you. Why do you think that those things have become more important than actually following what Jesus said? Like, why is it so? Because you and I, we both grew up in churches like yeah. that, where the traditions were more important. Why do you think they became more important? Well, like I said, I think I think we we like to distill the unknowable spiritual aspects of God and the. Um, unknowable spiritual aspects of walking in faith um, and and distill them down to something that we can understand and control and that's yeah. why we create traditions and rituals and that's why we create you know boards and committees and because uh, we want to have a say we want to have control over the decisions that are made the ministry that's done uh, etc 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 right and so it all comes it again comes back to our need for power and control I just found out literally. I literally just found out this week reading that um, before before there was a translation to read that common people could understand of scripture, it used to be chained to pulpits. The scriptures used to be chained to pulpits, so that the only person who had access was the priest. The yeah. only until Tyndale. Um, a man by the name of Tyndale translated it um, for common people to understand. Yeah. And and you're 100% correct. There, the whole aspect was you have to come to us if you want to know anything. Yeah. You have to come to the priest or uh, the clergy if you want to know anything. And um, and he he was killed because of that for for. Uh, translating scripture and getting it into the hands of of common people or people who weren't clergy. Mm. So um, it's like, yo, t- I thought Jesus was the was was the one that we're supposed to be giving our lives for, not the traditions of of the thing that he came to build 
his church on, on the knowledge of what Paul said. He came to build yeah. his church on that, yeah. not build traditions, yeah. but build his group of people gathered because of him and for him. Well, essentially, we're no. <laughs> we we like to. I mean, this is one of the favorite pastimes of Christians, right? We like to read the Old Testament, even the New Testament, and just be like, I, "Oh God, I would never." Absolutely. Like, we like to pretend that in the same situation, we would never have strayed from the Lord. Like, how could Joseph have done that? Like, how yeah, how, how could the Hebrews have <laughs> turned away from the Lord after he delivered them? How could they keep complaining? Right. Oh my gosh, what kind of people were these, right? How could Peter deny Jesus three right. times? How could the New Testament church be? I would never do that. Misconstruing these teachings. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you serious? The Jews wanted the Gentiles to get circumcised. How ridiculous! Yeah. Like, and we like to imagine that we're somehow different, but in the reality, we're like we're we, people we're just the, like that. We're the Hebrews at the bottom of the mountain yeah. making a golden calf. Mm-hmm. What was that? That was the people not being okay with the the general uh, mystical nature of God, right? And needing to to have something that they could see, understand, control in some ways. And so they made this image, right? And it wasn't even like they were trying to worship some other God. They were just trying to give themselves an image of this God who had rescued them because they weren't comfortable with the idea of this, like, unseen, you know, cosmic power that all of a sudden was having quite a bit to do with their lives. And, and we're, we're no different. We're, we're the same no way. Different. Our golden calf has become the church and its polity and its, uh, its issues and its, its um, we've talked about it before, its crusades mm-hmm. and, you know, its facilities and all of that is, is sacrificed it's at, in terms of, of knowing God really for ourselves, having true relationship with him. Yeah. And, and loving him by... And we love him by showing how we live out his commandments. And, you know, I was thinking about that recently with just, um, you know, everything going on in the in the political sphere and yeah. all the different things that church people put themselves behind and in support of. And just realizing that it's not necessarily that we're choosing the wrong issues to stand up for, but we're not doing it the right way. Right. Because, again, our love for God has, has, has waned. And and our our love for just like issues and being right and um, this this stuff that we've created to surround God right. instead of actually it being God, right? Um, I think really has has led us astray in how we approach these issues. Mm-hmm. That there's so much anger and hatred and frustration and animosity um, that comes from our hearts and from our mouths, from pulpits and from churches. Um, towards these different issues yeah. um, that I think we've missed like how we're supposed to be doing it because we're supposed to love the Lord our God yeah. with all of our heart, all of our mind, all well, of I our think you said it. spirit and all of our soul, right? Yeah. You said it when you said that we read scripture and think that we're better than the people that we're reading about because um, they obviously didn't have the sense to read a few passages ahead and see what the outcome was going to be. If they did, then they would never have decided in the way that they decided. But they didn't have that. We have that ability. And Um, we still do it. And we still do it. (laughs) We still choose to believe that Jesus came to make, uh, as far as what you're saying about the 
uh, political stuff, to, uh, to send a human to make our lives here, our lives here on earth better. And um, no human will ever be the answer. Uh, no organization will ever be the answer. There is, I believe, that Jesus, when he said that uh, to Peter, that the hope for the world, one of the hopes for the world is the church, is the big C church. Um, we should be the hands and feet of Jesus. But instead, we pick up these political issues and we start running, we start getting behind those things mm-hmm. instead of getting behind the sacrificial love that Jesus commanded, yeah. actually, the disciples yeah. to, to uh, continue on after he, after he left. And yeah. um, I, I think we severely missed it. Yeah. The church is great. Church is awesome. I love it. I love it. But not more than I love. Well, not separate from my love for for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't think we should separate it. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And 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 it's interesting. So uh, I was telling you about that show, uh, the show, the Chosen. Yes. Which I re- recommend to anybody watching. Um, and uh, I was rewatching it because Jen didn't watch all of the episodes, and I bought it on DVD. And uh, one of the one of the things the they have one of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, uh, talk about is, you know, just like, well, what happens when, if, if God, he was having an argument with this other Pharisee who was saying, well, this, this can't be true because this is what we see in, in the scripture. And he said, well, what if God came down and did something that didn't fit with your interpretation of scripture? Yeah. Would you, would you expect God to get back in the box of your interpretation mm-hmm. or would you question your interpretation? And, and I think that that's some ways where we have to, yeah, our love for God should inform our love of the church, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And well, that's a great quote. And I think it's, it's interesting when you think about, I was primarily thinking about this question in terms of like a lot of the things that we see uh, uh, tearing churches apart. Yeah. You know, and I remember like, you know, the church that we were at, um, you know, the... <laughs> The, the church decided to do a, a three-quarters of a million dollar remodel. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the remodel, the pastor retired. Oh. So that's terrible timing. And I'm sure that there's more to that story. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it may have had to do with the very process of the remodel. So a new pastor comes in. It's his first lead pastorship. And he immediately, there's some things he wants to change about the building plan. Primarily, they wanted to put the pastor's office basically right inside the front doors. Oh. And have no like foyer greeting space. Yeah, in the front, it's just like come in the front doors. There's the bathrooms, or going to the sanctuary. And he was like, "Put my, put I mean, my office in the front, put my office in the back. Yeah, and have a foyer space." Well, this this offended the governance and polity of that particular body, where oh. they had all these committees and subcommittees that you know had all had control over the building plan, and there was a big uproar, and people got angry, and and, and a bunch of people left the church. So wow. these people wow. who had ostensibly made a commitment to be a part of helping to cover the cost over the next you know, 10, 20, 30 years of this remodel by being there, being a part of the body, tithing, uh, pieced out because the plan for the construction got changed. Jeez. And it's just like... 
was that a was that an issue of love for God or was that an issue of love for the church? I think that was an issue. They had fallen too in love with the polity of the church, mm-hmm. with their own power and control over what happened at the church, and and their their love of God and their brothers and sisters failed. Right. Because of because their love for power and control in the church had grown too much, and that's kind of I think where I'm trying to get at with this idea of like, can you love the church and not God? And, I, and and it's this idea that we've fallen too in love with these things that we call church, and we're sacrificing God's standards yep. at the altar of these things that mm-hmm. are man-made. You know, we've been we I've been doing this Bible study at our church on Wednesdays uh, through uh, the first book of Corinthians, and uh, we're just we just got into chapter three. And it was interesting because Paul starts talking about, you know, Paul and Apollos and, you know, he plants a seed and Apollos waters and God makes it grow. And then he starts talking about how the, 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 the people, the ecclesia are the temple of God, the building of God. And he talks about how the, 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 the foundation has been laid, the foundation of Christ. There can mm-hmm. be no foundation other than Christ. But then he says on top of that foundation, people build. Yes. And, and you have to be, and he says you have to be careful about how you build. He says some people will build with, uh, with Word precious hay. stones, uh-huh. with gold, uh, with silver, or, you know, also with wood, hay, and straw. But at the end of time, when there's a judgment, there will be a fire. Mm-hmm. And only the building on top of that foundation that survives the fire. In other words, the things that are eternal will survive that fire. And so I, I started to have this thought. I was like, it's not that any of these things are bad. It's not that it's bad for us to have a governance and a polity for church or to have boards and committees right. who are in charge of certain aspects of the ministry or, or the business side of church. And like none of those things are bad. But what are we building? Right. Are those things eternal? Are those mm-hmm. things that are mm-hmm. going to have some kind of eternal value beyond the here and now? No. That's wood, straw, and hay. Yeah. And so we have to be careful that that's not all we're building. And we got to be very clear about that. Yeah. And, and, and are those things serving the interest of loving God with all that we are and loving our neighbor as ourselves, mm-hmm. Or are they compromising that? It has there become too much politicalness and too much power control and uh, control in general where we're not allowing our pastors and leaders to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Is there... Is there internal power struggles within the church which essentially breaks down to what people arguing amongst themselves about who's the greatest yeah i mean that's really what it comes down to right like who has the most respect and Mm -hmm. honor and power within this church we think that that means that we've gained something and all the while the world and the people in need that we're supposed to be serving and loving are looking from the outside in and they're it's not a pretty picture they're like what in the world i thought y'all were supposed to be right I mean, that was one example. I mean, I, I, I personally walked through an example where, you know, a, a pastor had a moral failing in the church I grew up in, uh, uh, resigned, uh, tried to set up an infrastructure to, to handle that resignation. But once he resigned, there was a struggle within the church about whether or not to have the assistant pastor uh, take over or to have uh, this couple who was being, doing the worship who had been pastors before mm-hmm. and really were called to that while the assistant pastor was appointed more out of uh, respect for how long he'd been at the church and then for an actual calling to be a pastor. Yeah. And there was this big old nasty power struggle in a little town hall meeting where people were just oh ugly and nasty to each other. I mean, I was oh a 15-year-old kid running sound and I was having to mute the microphone because these adults were just getting nasty with each other. Wow. And I'm like, what? 
What was that? Yeah. Again, it was it was a lack of love for God and too much of a love for the entity of the church. Right. The governance and the polity and us wanting to have power and control over it. And and I think that's all too common in the church today is that we have become passionate about the technical aspects of of having a church. Mhm. Instead of loving God and being the church. Right. We completely forget that it's about... Well, I love how Paul said, with as much as lies within you. Basically, he's saying, however you can, live at peace with all people, especially those that are within the uh, body of Christ. Yeah. And, um, like, we throw all these, all these things out of the window for sake of... Um, church governance for policies that, that we put in place. And, and I also read that um, churches do that based on this premise. Well, if I have to do it for you, I have to do it for everybody. When that's not true. Mm. It's just, hey, certain things are situational. Like everybody's not going to ask for the same thing. And so when that situation arises, um, Okay, I'm going to quote him. Andy Stanley says, there are two types of tensions. Tensions that one that needs to be managed and one ones that need to be solved. You can't solve the ones that need management. And you can't manage the ones that actually have solutions. And I think uh, a lot of times we just, we just throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, this is what we're doing. Nobody can change it. It's church. Right. God put us in charge, and you have to listen to us. Yeah. If we say it, then it's it's go, it goes to that. If we say it, then it's 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 as good as gold. Take yeah. it to the bank. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. You got you got churches splitting and people leaving church and arguing with brothers and sisters over things like the style of worship, the mm-hmm. volume of worship. You know what what method of communion do you use? Right, right. I don't even remember all the terms. I just always remember intinction and like you know. But there's other ones and um, you can't use actual wine. Yeah, or you should use actual wine. Yeah. And like and it's again, it's like what are what are we building on the foundation of Christ? Are we building wood, straw, and hay? Right. Or are we building something that lasts? And I, it's like, or even even like the issue to me of like women in ministry. Yeah. Or well, are we supposed to be walking around with our heads covered? And is it okay for women to not, you know, to wear pants and yeah. all these different things that there's entire denominations based around? It's like tattoos. Do we really <laughs> like are are we really saying that a woman wearing pants is as like a is a sin that right. God cares about, or are we just saying that that was just a cultural preference that mattered in that day and and in some communities and cultures may still matter today. It's, it's not that it should be blanket either one way or the other. It's a shame but, that you when you when I heard you just say that just now, like my whole my brain was like, wow, that's like for real. Like he's yeah. not making that up. Like he's, are we? He's for real. Yeah, but it's just like, are, do we really think that that's that those things are sin, or are they just preferences right. in this in the in the sense that they may make some slight difference in our operation and worship here on earth, right. but they're not eternal. Right. And it's interesting because some of the so commentary not. on that passage in first Corinthians chapter three is that like, these are builders. It's not saying right. that they're bad builders and it's not saying that it's not okay to build with hay, straw and wood. What it's saying is 
that some things are going to last the test of eternity and some are not. Right. And so while we can build some things with hay and straw and wood, and those are things that are like preferences and stuff like that, what we shouldn't be doing is sacrificing the gold, silver, and jewels. Right. The things that are going to last for eternity. Right. Recognize that these are just, these are personal preference things. Right? They're not things that we need to wage battles over. Right. They're not things that we need to get into conflict and 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 destroy the unity of the body of Christ right. over. You like, can like okay, if you prefer a quieter worship, then go to a church that has quieter worship. Right. Because that's still a part of the church. Or bring earplugs, for goodness sake. But but we don't need to have a town hall meeting and and have an issue brought before the board. Right. Or have posts on Facebook or wherever else or emails being sent out to congregations and by the way you guys these are all things that I've seen or heard happen mm-hmm. I'm not making this stuff up people actually do this you know that they do this you, you might probably, be the person you that probably felt it. like this or you've seen this happen in your church and it, and again it's like are we we're, and it's this phrase again that we've heard many times like are we majoring in the minors and minoring right. in the majors Right. In, in the sense that are we spending too much time and energy focus and and choosing to battle for insignificant things that don't matter in the in, in the realm of eternity, right? And and while by doing that, are we compromising and failing in standing for the things that do matter for eternity? Do we think that God is going to care more about whether or not we allowed women to minister or women to wear pants or right. or if we allowed worship to be over ninety five dBs on a Sunday? versus whether or not we were in unity mm-hmm. versus whether or not we took care of the widows and orphans versus whether or not we were generous in our hearts. This just went from a podcast to a sermon. Go I'm ahead. just, I'm just, keep going. I mean, that's what it is to me. I'm just like, <laughs> no, you're right. Like, I think the church needs to wake up and get back to take care of the things that matter. Yeah. And starting to learn how to let go of the things that don't. Yeah. We've got really good at throwing up arms and fighting with each other about things that really you're don't 100%. matter. 100%. You're 100%. I heard, I, I was talking with someone uh, this week about, uh, and I know what the rebuttal is to what you're saying, to, to what we're saying right now is, yeah, but how can two walk together unless they agree? If we're not agreeing on it, then we, then it's biblical for us to, to go our separate ways. Now, and I was, I was helping him understand this in the way that he had this person I was, I was speaking with helping him understand it in the way that he hadn't um, or th- think about it in a way that he hadn't thought about it before but that scripture is not talking about leaving a person because you have set different ideas about something it is talking about going in the direction that you were planning on going in because the other person was not planning on going in that it's a directional uh, statement: How can two walk together unless they're not unless they're going in the same direction? So you could we could be going uh, in the same direction, but to disagree on how we're going to get there. Yeah, I'm but that doesn't hoverboarding. You're right, on some right. But that does not mean that we are no longer in relationship or should no longer be in relationship with each other. Right. But that's what ha- that's what has happened in the church. We've taken right. it to, whoa, we can't walk together because we don't agree. So, bye. I'm and, starting my own church. And again, like, and we've talked about that before. Like, one of the one of the little things that are insignificant for eternity that we have taken a a, 
a penchant for fighting about yeah. and getting angry about and destroying relationships about is someone leaving our church when they're not leaving the church. Right. And it's like, I'm not saying that you got to stay somewhere that doesn't like fit some of your preferences. Of course, everything's supposed to be led by the spirit. So right. don't be peacing out unless God tells you to. But like, if you're like, Hey, you know what? I like, I really don't enjoy really loud worship. So I'm going to go to XYZ church. Awesome. Great. You're, you're still a Christian. You're still in church. You're still my brother and sister. Like, there's no problem with that. And don't hate because this church that you're leaving has loud music. Yeah, that and that's the part. Are can we can we just can we let people choose their preferences on things that don't aren't important in terms right. of eternity without the conflict and animosity? That's yeah. the trick. That's the trick for us. Can we yes. lay our pride aside and our need to be right as if our preference for something is better than someone else's preference. Right. As if loud worship is better than quieter worship, right? As if God only shows up if we're loudly, fervently loud as opposed to fervently still and silent. Right. Like, right? Is okay, maybe you, you know, you prefer a different kind of preaching style or you prefer a church that's focused on a certain kind of ministry. We've talked about the body of Christ is incredibly diverse. It's incredibly, and it's supposed to be. But when we take up arms against people who choose the, let's say it like this. When you're, when you're gra- working towards graduation, you have requirements and you have electives. Mm-hmm. And what we started to do is we started to get mad and break re- relationship and kick people out of school because they chose different electives than us. Yeah. Even while we're all still taking the same required right. courses. Right. That's, that's, that, I mean, that's an the analogy end, that we the can end, Right. The end result is still the same. Graduation. Yeah. It's silly. Like, oh, you took yoga instead of martial arts right. as your elective? Psh, we can't be friends anymore. Right. Psh, God doesn't agree with you. Psh, yoga is so much better than martial arts. Everyone right. knows this. You're, 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 like, a, you're right. like a less than. You're, you're less right. than because you took yoga instead of martial arts. What That's a pain. Correct. That is We're warriors. Correct. Right. right. And it's like, dude, the body's incredibly diverse, and we need to allow for the differences. Mm-hmm. And, and not make it a uh, us or them type thing. Right. Right? And so it's, I feel like so much in the church, so many of the divisions, so many of the denominations, um, so much of the conflict uh, could just, it could be laid aside. Yeah. And burned up on the altar of, like, these are, these are in, insignificant to eternity personal preferences that don't change or impact or the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, but are fighting about it does. Yeah. Are fighting about it damages the, right. the testimony of Christ to the world. In the in the fight, though, we are we are expressly disobeying Jesus' command to love each other. Yeah. And then the example that the that the uh, apostles and the disciples laid for us when they in all those one another verses. Yo, we're not supposed to be doing that. We can disagree and still be family. You and Genesis disagree. Y'all aren't divorced. My wife and I disagree. We are divorced, you know what I'm saying? But with the church, we have, because church rules and church policy is more important than people, or that's how it's been made to seem, we decide that it's fine to separate ourselves mm-hmm. from, from them. And, and, and it, it is not. It isn't. It isn't. We are, we are family. And Jesus said, Jesus told, not only did he say, 
a new commandment do I give you to love one another just like I've loved you. But he said, the world's going to know that you follow me based on the love that you show to each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're having a hard time differentiating whether or not we are actually Jesus father followers or, or are we just church people? Yeah. We love the church more than we love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That very term, church people. Right. Not God people. Right. Not not Christ followers, church people. Church people. It church has become people. a term. Mm-hmm. Even church people use it and right. derogatorily. Like, well, he's just a church boy. He is being church people. Yeah. You know, churchy people, religious people, the religious spirit, right? Those are all this. And those all those terms are all coming out of this issue, this yeah. this conflict that has set us at odds with each other. And listen, guys, we're not again, sin is sin. Yeah. We're not talking about making allowances for 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 like outright sin. Yeah. Well we're if talking you're at a church and they're like we're talking about non eternal things. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, being right in, in the in, in the sight of God, although again, right, love covers a multitude of sins. We're supposed to make room even for each other's failures. Even so it's not, fault, guess, right. we're not under a one strike or three strikes you're out type of thing. There's grace for our development in Christ. Not everything changes overnight. All of that stuff, right? But we're talking we're talking about the little things that aren't necessarily eternal. How do you how do you partake communion? How what's your worship looks like? What do your yeah. sermons look like? What's your sanctuary look like? Do you meet on Sunday morning or do you meet on Sunday night or Saturday right. or Wednesday or Thursday morning or like, what kind of... Do you meet in a church or do you meet in some other kind of building? You do guys you, don't pray in do you, tongues in public? What's yeah, wrong do you, you? Yeah, do you speak in tongues or do you not speak in tongues? Do you do you wear your Sunday best with a fancy hat or right. not? Like, or this one, I've heard somebody get upset at a pastor for wearing jeans with holes in it. And then they left. Yeah. What is that? Uh, Love in church was that more a, than was Jesus. A, was that a sin? In the, I'm, I'm sorry, was there a part in the Bible where it said, Thou shalt not have any holes in your pants? Yo. I thought we were supposed to be holy. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Isn't that what it says? The word said, Be holy? Yeah. For I am we, holy? We need Jesus to, had four, wait, one, two, three, four holes in them. Yeah, we need, to, we need to get back to majoring in the stuff that matters. And it's the stuff that matters for eternity. Yeah. The stuff that matters for us here and now, but doesn't matter for eternity, that's wood, straw, and hay. And when it comes time for Judgment Day, and the, the, the thing I was pointing out to our Bible study group was, in that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it's not the Bill D yeah. who falls under responsibility at yeah. Judgment Day. It's the Builder. Wow. So us as leaders and as pastors, as small group leaders, as, as, as uh, yeah. Bible study teachers, as um, book writers and podcast creators and worship songwriters... We're the ones responsible for what we're building. That's right. Not the people we built it on. And, mm-hmm. so, and that's another reason why we have to, I have compassion for people who have some wrong ideas. That's why we do the podcast instead of just running up and screaming at people and telling them that they're wrong. Like, I want to introduce you to truth because I understand yeah. that you probably didn't come to this misunderstanding mm-hmm. on your own. You were taught this. Somebody yeah. built the wrong stuff on your foundation right. of Christ. That's and that's not your fault. The they're going to have to answer for that. Mm-hmm. But I would have to answer if... Uh, there's a song I've been listening to. It's called Not Liable. Mm-hmm. And it's got this, it's, it's just a funny little hook in the chorus, but he's like, I won't be held liable. Because if I don't, if I know the truth and don't tell it to the world, I might be held liable. Wow. 
Um, wow. People have been listening to their own opinion since when was that reliable? Wow. Right? And it's just it's the idea, like, for me as a leader, I can't keep my mouth shut about what I see as truth because then I'm liable. That's right. I'm liable Absolutely. for not sharing that. I'm liable for not trying to build that, which I believe and see as something that's eternal in, in the lives of the people who choose to, to be influenced and taught by me. And I, I just want to say uh, a litmus test, a good litmus test for that, for what you just said, is who's at the base of why, of your reason for teaching how you teach or building how you build. If other people are, then you know it's for the Lord. If you are, then you know there's an issue. Then you know you love the church more than you love Jesus. Because he didn't die for us to now set up our own kingdoms. Yeah. He died for us to, so that we could come back to his and help people get there. Um, and, uh, and I love how you said, how have you been building? And you didn't arrive to these, opinion, only to these opinions by yourself. Someone built that. Mm-hmm. And you just launched all of your beliefs, all of your thoughts based on what that person built, whether it was um, uh, wood, hay, or stubble, or, or it was rock. You built your opinion. Your foundation was all on that. And all we want to do is help. Help you think another way about it because you cannot honestly say that you love the church policy more than you love church policy and traditions more than you love Jesus and what he came, what God sent him to do for us and ultimately for other people. Mm. It's about people. And if we take people out of the equation, then we're missing the whole point. Um, And that's what these traditions and policies do. They take people out of the equations like, nope, you just have to do this. No love involved whatsoever. It's just as long as we can stay in control and, and, um, and keep you beholden to us, then uh, that's what it's all about. And um, it's unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate. Not all churches. I don't want you guys to think that we're saying that all churches are like this because they are not. But there are a lot of churches and a lot of mindsets out there that put the church... Um, that gives the church way more importance than it does to what God sent Jesus to do for all humanity. And, um, and that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And, if, and, if, and again, if you, some people would ask the question, like, how do you know that, right? Have, yeah. you, done, have you done, what's, what's the, the big research group that Christians always use? Um, 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 maybe you remember the name of it? The main, main one is always It's because of the G. It's not Gallup, is it? Gallup. They do more than just Mm faith-based stuff. It's like, have you done Gallup studies and all that stuff? It's like, no, but again, it's the biblical standard is judge things by their fruit. Right. If we look at the fruit of the Western church right now, we see all the divisions, all the separations, all the conflict, all the rhetoric and conflict in the political sphere right now, all the rhetoric and conflict around all these different issues some of which are important and yeah. are based upon our understanding of what is right or wrong in God's sight, but also stuff that's, that's not important. We it's just not important. You're right. We have a question from Audrey. She said, do you think if we truly understood and embraced our identity in Christ, then we would celebrate and honor our differences and become more unified? I definitely think that that's a part of it uh, because... 
our correct understanding of our own identity would encompass understanding that we are a part of a much larger mm-hmm. and more diverse mm-hmm. organism yeah. than what we believe and understand. Yeah. Um, it was, it's much bigger than our local churches and much bigger than our local customs and culture, even as Americans. The church is much bigger than America. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we are just a small segment of uh, the worldwide church. We're not even the majority, even close. And uh, and so that would definitely that would definitely impact the way that we engage with our brothers and sisters, yeah, um, in a different way. Um, but I do think that it, it requires it requires a viewpoint beyond ourselves. So it has to be more than just my identity. Um, it has to be uh, an understanding of other people's identity as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's all it's about people. It's about people. Yeah, and what's important, mm-hmm. an understanding of what is important. So I think it would it would entail both our identity identity, and within that understanding the body of Christ and therefore understanding other people's identity, but more than any of that understanding the identity of God. Yeah. Because then we understand what He cares about in terms of eternity and and what is is secondary to that. That's a hundred percent correct. Yo, don't Jason look good? Hook them up. Today's the time he hooked him up. Because his wife was sitting here. I had to make sure our... our You're doing extra correct. right. Extra right. I make sure I'm correct. <laughs> Mega right. Hey, so we are signing off. We hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Where can they send questions? Oh, Audrey's saying they also mandate a level of maturity. Uh, that also mandates a level of maturity. Absolutely. A desire to continually mature. You're 100% correct. Yes. 100%. That can never die, yes. Audrey. And Paul definitely addresses that in, mm-hmm. in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as well as 1 through 2. Too. Mm-hmm. That so, understanding only comes with, with maturity. That's right. We can't even talk about this kind of stuff with unbelievers and even baby Christians. They won't right. get it. Where can people go if they have more questions, if they have other questions, if they have complaints? <laughs> Or concerns if they I have... I still wait for kudos. some hate mail. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> if they have kudos, if they just want to tell us, hey guys, keep um, going, you're doing a great job. Yeah, whatever whatever it is. Uh, faithchairpodcast at gmail.com is the email. Or, of course, we have um, our Facebook page, um, yeah. Faith Chair, the Faith Chair. Um, and you can always message us or comment there. Uh, we post a link to the podcast. This one will be released on Monday. Yeah. Um, so we post a link on usually sometime in the morning on Monday on our Facebook page. Um, yeah. All right, folks. We out. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you later. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay virus free. Don't get Corona. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. Until then, we'll see you next time on The Faith, the faith Chair. Chair.